Eddy B. Sit edition, an audio series of the Talmud Bavli. Masechet Hagiga has been dedicated in memory of Hacham Raful Muhaddeb Ben Garaz and Marie Muhaddeb Bat Jamile. Ruah Hashem Tanihem Began Eden Elion Amen. Dedicated by Dr. Isaac and Lily Mahadev Hashem Ishmirim Vihayim Amen. Daf Bet. Today's Daf has been dedicated by Mr. David Meyer in honor of the Rabbi. May the Rabbi be blessed with continued success and health for 120 years. Amen. Today's Daf is being studied by the Nishmat Abraham bin Esther. Ruach Hashem Tanihinu Began Aiden Amen. Today's daf is being studied the Alunishmat Izra Ben Tune Mazal. Shiriftar Bekisuri Amin Vishanim. Ruach Hashem Tanihinu Began Aiden Tin Shmato Sura Besola Haim Amen. Today's daf is being studied the Rufua Shilema Sarabat Mazal El Narefanada Betor Shar Hodea Moisrael Amen. Siatavishmaya, we begin. The Masechet Hagiga on Dafbet, right at the beginning, the first Mishnah. Now, just as an introduction to know <coughs> the background of the subject of our first Mishnah, the Torah says, Shalosh Pamim Bashana Yeraek Ozechurecha et Pene Hashem Elohecha Bamakom Hashemibhar. Three times a year under the Galim, it's obligatory upon the Jews, the males, as we'll see, to go up to Yerushalayim to be seen. In the courtyard of the Beit Hamikdash, this mitzvah is called mitzvah reiyah, the mitzvah to be seen <coughs> by a kadosh baruch Hu in the azara. Besides the mitzvah of going up, the pasuk says velo yirau fanayrekam, that one is not allowed to go up empty-handed. You're going up to see a kadosh baruch Hu, you have to bring something. So there's a special korban that has to be brought by every Jew that goes up. That's called olat reiyah. So this is the mitzvah of Re'iyah, and then there's the korban, korban olat, Re'iyah. So our Mishnah is going to discuss who is obligated <coughs> in this mitzvah. Now, right away, Rashi sounds like from his opening comments in the first line, when the Mishnah says, Akol hayavim b'ri'iyah. Everybody is obligated in the mitzvah of Re'iyah. Rashi says, b'mitzvah Re'iyah kol zikhurecha. So Rashi from his comments is mashma that the discussion of the Mishnah is only on the first half of the mitzvah to be seen in the azara. Rashi is not discussing the obligation of olat riyah. However, it should be noted that in the first tosafot of the Masechet, Akol Hayavim, Rabbeinu Tam says clearly that the Mishnah is also referring to not only to be seen in the Azara, but also the discussion of the Hayyub of the Korban. Uh, and he explains that that which Rashi said only the Mitzvah of Re'iyah is Lav Davka. He says, Umash katav shetibiru al chobat re'iyah ba'azara hu mepne she'im baze peturim kot she'ken le'korban. Which means they go hand in hand. So that she's saying, if you, I have to go up to the azara to be seen, I have to bring a korban. If you don't have to go up, you don't bring a korban. So therefore it works in tandem. However, it should be uh, noted that uh, there is a uh, Yerushalmi, and Yerushalmi uh, learns from the mitzvah of Hakel. Hakel is a mitzvah that was done once every seven years, where all the Jewish people had to go up to Yerushalayim. So he says everybody has an obligation to go up for the Iyah. Even ladies, even the ones that Al Mishnah is going to exempt, according to Shalmi, nobody's exempt from the Mitzvah of the Iyah. Our discussion over here is only the Gabeh Korban. Mm-hmm. It's clearly that the Babli, our Gemara's Holek on this, the Babli over here is discussing the Chovah of the Iyah as well. So again, just to remember, very important, in Yerushalmi in the Babli. Babli says when it comes to the Iyah, everybody's Hayaf. Okay, Rashi is learning over here the discussion of the Mishnah is Re'iyah. Tosfot Rebbe Nutam says it means not only Re'iyah, but Ruadin the Korban. If you have in the Re'iyah, you bring the Korban, and they work, uh, they work hand in hand. Comes the Mishnah and begins. Hakol Hayavim B'Re'iyah. Everybody is Hayav in this Mitzvah of Re'iyah. Chutz, Mecheresh, Shoteh, Vekatan. 
So let's go one at a time. Hiresh is somebody literally that is deaf. We will see the extent of the deafness over here, what we're talking about, who is exactly exempt. Shoteh, somebody that is not, uh, doesn't have da'at, doesn't have sechel. Katan is a minor. Okay, that she says the common denominator between all these three, Telav, Bene, De'aninu. Bottom line, Hiresh, Shoteh, Katan, they all do not have sechel. That's the common denominator, they don't have the proper intellect. And therefore they're all exempt, not only from this mitzvah, but from all the mitzvot. So there's just another mitzvah that they're exempt from. The tumtum androgenos. Well, the tumtum is somebody that is closed up. Right? He has a uh, closed up area, so you cannot tell if he's a male okay. or a female. So he's exempt as well. Gibbara will prove to us why the tumtum is exempt from the iya. The androgynous. Androgynous has both simanim. He has simane zakhrut and simane nagbut. Venashim, ladies also are exempt. That's a simple one because the Pasuk says, Yira'e kol zechurecha. is the zecharim, the males. And therefore, obviously, the ladies are going to be exempt from this mitzvah as well. Va'abadim she'enam mishukhrarim. That would be an evid kena'ani that is not freed. Now, even though an Eved Kena'ani does have a status, that he must keep the mitzvot, but he's only hayav in the mitzvot that the ladies are obligated in. And therefore, so long as he's not freed, he is going to be exempt from the mitzvah of the Iyah. Ha'higer, that is somebody that is lame, right? That cannot walk. Now, the Gemara is going to exempt him because it says, Shalosh Regalim, they play on the word Regalim, somebody has Regalim, somebody has legs, that's able to work, to walk. Mashiach the Higer, who's lame, cannot walk. Vasomeh, that's a blind person. Chole is somebody that is infirm, he's sick. Zaken is somebody that is old. Umi she'enu yachol la'alot beraglav. Well, for that matter, somebody that cannot walk uh, with his legs. I will explain exactly why each case has to be uh, enumerated. And all these people over here are exempt. Now, Tosfot tells us, that even though it says hakol hayavim and it gives us all the exceptions, there are more exceptions besides the ones that the Mishnah uh, enumerates. And uh, Tosfot tells us we have a rule: en lomdim mekelalut af im katuv chutz. you don't learn from the rule, even if it tells you accept. Which you might have thought the Mishnah is telling you accept these. So it says accept, it's these and these are the only exceptions. The says no. There are other exceptions as well, as we'll see in the Gemara later on. Different industries. For example, a Mekametz, that's somebody that collects uh, dung, which we'll see why he's exempt. A Bursi is somebody that's a tanner, he's also exempt. Somebody that doesn't own land. He's also exempt, and the Mishnah did not uh, write these. So Tosfos says, why did the Mishnah, why did the Mishnah leave these out? Because the difference, because these, these that the Mishnah enumerated are a psul in the goof, which means the person himself, he's a drogenos, he's a tumtum. These other cases, it's a psul that's away from them, which means that they themselves, they're, they're a male, and they're adults, and they should be hayab. But because he's a tanner, or he doesn't have uh, karka, or because he's a mekametz. That's why he's patus. So the Mishnah is only discussing the pturim that are pturim be'etzim, not pturim that are chutz from themselves. That's one answer of the Tosafot. Tosafot also discusses other people that are patus. For example, a tameh is also patus from Riyah, but Tosafot says that's obvious. The Mishnah doesn't have to tell us that a tameh is patus, because obviously you cannot go to the Azarav, the Beit HaMikdash, when he is... Arvel as well, Tosfot says, that will be another example, somebody that is not circumcised, is also Patur. Comes the Mishnah and continues. We said in the Mishnah that a Katan is exempt, a minor is exempt. What does it mean exempt? It means his father does not have an obligation, mitam hinuch, to bring him up to Yerushalayim. So now the Mishnah says... Katan, which type of Katan is obligated? Meaning that his father is obligated to take him up to Yerushalayim. That she says, Ezu Katan, Aval Mikan Vailach, Afapish Enu Hayab in a Torah, Hitilu Hachamim Alabi Valemon Hanecho Mitzvot. From what age is it mandatory on the father to train his son to take him up to the uh, Azara on the holiday? So the 
Mishnah records here a machloket. Ezu katan kol she'enu yachol lirkov al ketefav shel abiv velaalot mirushalayim laharabayit tevre bechamay. He's so young that he can't even go on his father's shoulders from Yerushalayim to the Arabayat. It means his father can bring him up, let's say, till that point. Now he wants to put him on his shoulders to carry him. If he's so small or so young that he can't even go for a small distance being carried on his father's shoulders from Yerushalayim to the Arabayat, so Bet Shammai says he is indeed Patur. But this is a different uh, uh, level. He's not able to walk with his father's, holding his father's hand from Yerushalayim to the Harabayit. Shalosh Regalim. So that she says, He has to be able to walk from Yerushalayim to the Harabayit. Shalosh Regalim. So that she says, So that she gives us a klal over here. That she says, Since a gadol in such a state would be patur, because a gadol that cannot walk up is patur, so we have a rule. If the gadol would be patur, so a katan in a similar state, there's no obligation of chinuch. Only after mechanech the katan, in a case that if he would be older, he would be hayav. But in this case, if he would be older, he'd be patur as well. Because bottom line, he can't walk. So therefore, there's no mitzvah of chinuch. So just to remember the machlok at Bet-Shamay Bet-Telel, Bet-Shamay says, carrying on his shoulder from Yerushalayim to Harabayit, that's the definition of a katan, if he cannot ride on his shoulders. That's not raglav. Bet-Shamay doesn't hold the raglav. Bet-Shamay holds on the shoulders. Uh-huh. Bet-Telel holds from the pasuk of Shalosh Regalim, that it's the thing of walking with his father from Yerushalayim to Harabayit. Comes the Gemara and continues. Bishnah continues. Bet Shemai Omrim. Now we discuss how much money does a person have to spend on the Olat Re'iyah. What is the minimum amount of money that has to be spent on the Olat Re'iyah? Now it should be pointed out, there's another Korban that has to be brought on the first day of the holiday. That's called the Korban Hagiga. Hence the name of our Masichet. And therefore, we're going to discuss now what is the minimum amount of money that must be spent for the Qurban Hagiga and the Olat Re'iyam. It's Mahlokat once again, Bet Shemay Bet Tadil. Bet Shemay Omrim, Hariyah Shte Chesef. The Olat Re'iyah, two coins. The Hagiga Ma'a Chesef. Hagiga, one coin. Bet Tadil Omrim, Hariyah Ma'a Chesef, Hagiga Shte Chesef. So exact reverse of Bet Shemay. Let's read Rashi. Bet Shemayi Omrim Ariyah Shte Kesef Gadol, an adult Habal Hiraot that comes to be seen in Yerushalayim the Bet Hamikdash Sarich Lavi Ola Ve'ena Pehuda Meshte Kesef is not less than two silver coins Shte Maot Kesef Shein Shlish Dinar which is a third of a dinar a dinar is six maa and therefore two maa is a third of a dinar Shne Emar Velo yirau fanai rekam. Right, cannot come empty handed. Vialif begemara, shesarik lavi ola, afapishalon et nabo Torah shiur. From the Torah, like we say in the Mishnah and Pe'ah, hareayon en ba shiur. The Mizvav re'iyah is no shiur. However, hachamim natu shiur. This is all from the Rabbanan. That they gave the shiur, is it two ma'a kesef or one ma'a kesef? But in the Torah, korban ola en la shiur. The Qurbanot of Hagiga, Hayavim, Yehidim, Navi, Beregel. My individuals are obligated to bring on the Regel. The Elfina, the Bishaliperkin, Bevahagotem, Oto, Hag, Lashem. That's basically the Mishnah. Comes the Gemara. Hakol le'atuye Mai. Well, the Mishnah is coming along and saying everybody's Hayav in the Mitzvah Re'iyah. So now, a call must be coming to include somebody. Who is the call coming to include? So the Mishnah says, the Gemara says, Le'atuye mi shechetsyo ebed vechetsyo ben chorin. It's coming to include a case like this. You have a person who's half ebed, half ben chorin. How do you have such a case? You have somebody that is an ebed kena'ani, he's owned by two partners. One of the partners freed his helik. Hmm. The other partner did not. 
So now the guy technically, half of him is free, uh-huh. and half of him is avid. Because <coughs> one guy didn't free him, one guy did. So he's Hatsyo avid, Hatsyo ben Horim. So the deen of the Gemara, Hadush of the Gemara is, that when it says everybody's obligated, it's even a guy who's a 50-50. He's half avid, half ben Horim, he's a hayav to go to the mitzvah of the Iyah. Comes the Gemaran says, Ul Rabina, but according to Rabina, the Amar. Mishio Ivid Vihachio bin Horin, Paturmina Riya. Rabina says no. That guy, the half half guy is Paturmina Riya. Hakola Tuyema. I said, what is the call coming to include? You can't tell me it's coming to include a quote of Rabina, Mishabin Horin, because he holds in fact, Mishabit Hancho Ben Horin is Patur. So therefore, what is the call coming to include? We're talking about over here a higer, somebody that was lame on day one of the holiday, and he got better, his lameness went away, and he became better on day two. And the hadush is that what? He has to bring all that to Which means there is an opinion that holds that. Every single day, there's an obligation to bring Allah to the Iyah if you didn't bring it the day before. They learned this from the deen of Hagigah. By Hagigah, there's a great mahlokit. One rabbi holds that every single day is an obligation on its own. You didn't bring on day one, no problem. Day two is an obligation. You didn't bring on day two, bring the Hagigah on day three. And the rabbis learned that just like Hagigah, each day is a separate obligation, so to the Iyah, each day is a separate obligation. Therefore, let's say somebody was lame on day one. No problem. He's better on day two. Bring it on day two. And that's the Hadush of the Mishnah. What's the call coming to include? Even a guy that was lame on day one, he has to bring the Olat on day two. So the Gemara says, This is only good. This is only logical that says each day is a separate obligation. However, But there's another shita that says no. Really the obligation of Hagigah and Re'iyah for that matter is on day one. And all the makeups are coming as a result of day one. What's the nafkamina? Nafkamina is somebody that was exempt on day one does not have to bring a tashlumin. Because all the tashlumin are coming from day one. The hayuv is Yom Rishon. Whoever is obligated on Yom Rishon, if he didn't bring on Yom Rishon, can bring on Yom Sheni, Yom Shilishi. Because it's tashlumin the Yom Rishon. Mm-hmm. Whoever was not obligated on Yom Rishon is exempt. The hayuv was never on him. And therefore, according to that shita, a higer, that was a higer on Yom Rishon, is patur. Why? Because at the time of the Hayyub was on him, he was patur. So there's no makeup for him. So therefore, a higer beyom rishon, chinet pashet beyom sheni, according to the opinion that says all the tashlumin are from yom rishon, he's going to be patur. So back to the question. What is the call coming to include? And don't tell me it's coming to include a case of higer beyom rishon, because that only fits according to one opinion. That only fits according to the opinion that says each day is its own obligation. And therefore, even if a person wasn't Hayav on Yom Rishon, he can bring on Yom Shani. But if you say that it's all coming from Tashlumin the Rishon, he was Patur on Yom Rishon, because the Hagir is Patur on Yom Rishon. So, oh, what is the Mishnah coming to include? Let's read that in Rashi. Hani ha leman de amar. Le kaman amnina be perkin. Later on, we're going to say, Shiyesh le korbanot ha hag Tashlumin ko zayin. We're going to say that later on, the korbanot of the hal, they have seven day makeup. The flegu behu oba amurai. It's machlokat amurai. Some are going to say that the Tashlumin are each day on its own. The Tashlumin come from the obligation of day one. The what's the A case of a Hager. Exactly our case. That was lame on day one and got better on day two. Man, the Amar Kulan Tashlumin Dirishon. Mishin it Hayev Berishon. Whoever was not obligated on day one, everybody's obligated on day one. 
every day has an obligation. So we're back to the question. What is the call coming to include? So the Gemara says, It's coming to include a blind man in one eye. Which means, if a person is blind in both eyes, the Mishnah clearly said, he's patur. However, if he's blind in one eye, he's hayav. But this is not following the opinion of the following Tana. The Tanya, we have a brighter. Yohanan bin Dahabai Omer Mishum Rabbi Yehuda. Some behat me'inav, patur bin re'iyah. Shere emar, yir'e, yir'e. Kederech sheba lira'ot, ka'k lira'ot, ka'k ba lira'ot. Ma lir'ot b'shte'inav, af lira'ot b'shte'inav. So let's understand this derashav, Yohanan ben Dehabai, why he says if a person is blind in one eye, he is exempt from the mitzvah of re'iyah. The pasuk says, Shalosh p'amim b'shana yira'eh kozichurecha. Now without the nikudot, we would read that word yir'eh. The Nikudot make it Yerae. Now what's the difference? Yerae is to see. Yerae. Yerae is to be seen. So the Gemara wants to make a connection between the Yerae and the Yerae. And the Gemara wants to say like this according to Shittat Rashi, and I'm going to read it inside. Just like... HaKadosh Baruch Hu is Yir'eh. He sees the person that's coming with his two eyes. Kivyachol, God has two eyes. Like the Pasuk says, Ene Hashem, the eyes of Hashem. So just like Yir'eh, just like God sees the person with his two eyes, so do the person who's coming has to be seen by God with his two eyes. God has to see him mm-hmm. with his two eyes. Mm. So therefore the Yira'eh is similar to the Yira'eh. And therefore we read that inside the Gemara. So maybe had been a patumina de Yachtimar. Yira'eh Yira'eh. Kederik Shebal Lirot. That's a Kazbaruhu. Just like God comes to see the person, and God comes with his two eyes, Kabyachon. Kagba Lira'ot. So too the person that's being seen has to be seen with his. Two eyes. Ma lirot b'shtei enav. Put in parentheses as if b'shtei enav shul hakadosh baruch hu. Af liraot so too that he's being seen b'shtei enav that he has to be seen by God with his two eyes. So therefore, if he only has one eye, he's going to be patur. So that she's an asha is yirae yirae. Let's read that in Rashi. Rashi dibur matchil. Yir'eh yir'eh So the Agotabah right away cues us in Yir'eh ketiv It's written yir'eh The Karinan yir'eh But we read it yir'eh And the Dirash is like this Yir'eh kozichu rekaet penehadon Demash yir'eh The Bach right yir'eh Yir'eh kozichu rekaet no, that's good. Yir'e. Yir'e kozichurecha et pene adon. Demasho shahadam ro'et ha-shekhina. Yir'e kozichurecha et pene adon. Masho shahadon ba l'rocha. One is the man is looking and one is God is looking at him. Hekisha katuv l'iyatka l'iyato. Kederek sheba l'rotecha, kachu ba l'rot b'mecha. Ma l'rotecha b'shte'inav. Just like he comes to see you with his two eyes, Afkan liraot mina Adam b'shteinav shel Adam. So too, when he's seen, coming to be seen in front of God, he has to be be seen with his two eyes. God's two eyes, the person's two eyes, and therefore Yohanan Yohanan ben Davai says sumei bechat benav is patur. Oh, so we found a interpretation to our Mishnah when the Mishnah said akol hayavim b'diyah. Let's just go review. We thought to say, you know what, Akol Habib Miriyah is coming to include? Mishi Hachio Ebed, Hachio Ben Hurim. He's Hayab. So no, that doesn't work. Because Ravina says, Mishi Hachio Ebed, Hachio Ben Hurim is Patur from the Iyah. Oh, so it must be coming to me, Higer, Anyom Rishon, and got better on Yom Shini. Well, that only works according to the opinion that says that it's Tashlumin the Yom Rishon. But if you say each day is a separate obligation, 
That, that, sorry, that only works according to the opinion that says it's a separate obligation each day. Then you'll be hayav. But if you say such to be yom nishon, a hayger on yom nishon is patur. So therefore, it's be patur for the rest of the holiday. Oh, so he says coming to include the case of sumeh behat Okay, good, but that's only good according to one tana. But according to Yohanan ben Dehavai, that's not going to work out. But it's fine. The Mishnah could be teaching me a kolchanim b'neiyah. Who's it coming to include sumeh behat be'enav? Not like Yohanan ben Dehavai. Now the Gemara goes back and says, Go back to the first answer. You know what the Mishnah is coming to include? I'm going to speak it outside and I'll read it inside to you. Which means like this. Originally, the reason why Ravina said that a Ben Chorin, is Patur, because really that was the original opinion of Betelel. Betelel also held that originally. Okay. But after a certain point in history, Betelel retracted. And Betelel came to the agreement that Misha Hachio ben Horin and Hachio Eved really is going to be Hayav in the Mizvah Iyah. So that which Ravina made his statement, that was before he realized that Betelel was Hosir. But once we know that Betelel was Hosir, according to everybody now, is really going to be Hayav. And therefore, right, which means like this, I'll give you the history. When Ravina read Al Mishnah, one of the Turim was an Eved, right? Avadim she'enam mishukhladim. Now when it says Eved Sheinu Meshukhrar It means any type of Eved He's Patur I don't care if he's totally an Eved Or he's partially an Eved The Mishnah clearly was telling us An Eved Sheinu Meshukhrar was Patur That's what uh, Ravina was Medayek However that line in the Mishnah Was Bet Hillel's original opinion Bet Hillel subsequently retracted and that's why the Ben Kadosh, when he wrote the Mishnah, he wrote Hakol mm-hmm. to come and include even Ben Horin. Ah, so why did he keep then the original opinion? So that she gives us a rule, Never rule. Since it was stated like that originally, So the Mishnah basically has a statement and a retraction. Ironically, the retraction comes first in the Mishnah. Which means when the Mishnah says, Akol Hayavim, it's coming to tell you, even Mishi Hachor Eved, and Mishi Hachor Ben Horin is Hayav, in Re'iyah. And that's following Betelel Shittah, after he retracted. Like we'll see the history now that he retracted. Oh, but the end of the Mishnah says, Mishi Hachor Eved, Avadim, Shena Mishukhladim. So Mishnah tells us also that slaves are not free, a patur. You're right, that was Betelel's opinion originally. And that's what Avina originally held on to. But after he found out that he retracted, so therefore we can say it's according to the Kula Alma, and that's the structure of the Mishnah. And now let's see this inside. Let's read Ashri, um, Rashi for a second. Actually, let's read the Gemara. I had a question from Ravina that he holds that he's patur. Look at the it means there was a mahluk at Bet-Shamay Bet-Telel. And we'll see this mahluk in the Gemara immediately. Sefad the Matnitim, which means the end of our Mishnah Diktani, Chutz mina avadim shena mishukhrarim. Right, what it says, except for avadim that are not free. De'ukma ravina b'mishad shu'avda 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 Right, ravina learned that case of the Mishnah Subhari Hatsi Hatsi, the Patur, Nishnit Kodim Shachazu Bet-Telel. That was said before Bet-Telel retracted. Aba lachar shudu le Bet-Shamay, shiyesh ad Bet-Til nachuf et adoro le Shachrero, like we're going to see now, the Havile Kilo Mishchukhar Kevar, the Hayavu Mishnah Shedishnit, Lozazam and Kolmah, which is the fact that it said that, it's before the Hazara, and the Mishnah keeps it there, Lozazam and Kolmah, but really there was a retraction. Now let's read where the retraction, what context did the retraction take place in. So the Gemara says, Ditnan, Nishi Hadshu Evid, Hadshu Ben Horin. Okay, our case, you have a half-half. What's the case again? You have two partners, they both own a 
One freed one. Eved uh, Kenani, one freedom, one did not. So, very simple. He works one day for his master, and the next day he goes free. He goes to work on Sunday, takes off on Monday, goes to work on Tuesday, takes off on Wednesday, which means he's a Hatsi Hatsi. Which means Betelel originally held that there's a concept of a Hatsi Hatsi. And therefore, it's possible to be a half Ebed, half Ben Orim. And therefore, you'll be patur from Ri'ya. Because bottom line, Avadim are patur from Ri'ya. That's what Betel originally held. So you see that from the Shita that says his working schedule. He works one day for his master, and then the next day he takes off. So Bet Shemai Omrim. Amru Lehem Bet Shemai. So Bet Shemai comes along and says, nothing doing. Tikantem et Rabo. So what you do? You might have helped the master, which means the master who owns him is getting half, half work. Right. So you benefited by this halakha, the master. But you definitely did not help the Eved. Why? He can't get married, this guy. He can't marry a shifha because part of him is a ben chorim. Mm-hmm. And a free man cannot marry a shifha. Huh. Okay? That's under the restriction of Lo Yiyeh Kadesh B'bnei Yisrael. Which means a, a Jew is not allowed to get married where his relations are going to be relations of Znut. There's no Kiddushin between a free man and a Shifha. And therefore he becomes what the Torah calls a Kadesh. Kadesh is like a Zona. And therefore the Torah says, cannot be a Zona. So therefore, let's see, let's see his options. He can't marry a Shifha because he has Hirut. He cannot marry a free girl because he's part Eved. So therefore, he's stuck. So maybe tell the guy, don't get married. Don't get married. Impossible. The world was created to have children. The world was not created for nothing. But to inhabit it. So therefore, Ela, you know what Bet Shammai says you have to do? In order to establish the world, which means so he can have children, you force the other owner, the Osin Oto Ben Horim. He has to free him. However, he, he lost out now. Now he has to free him. Okay, so you freed him, now he can get married, he's totally free. He can get married, he's not a half anymore, but bottom line, it costs the money now. Right. So the Avid has to pay back the mm-hmm. owner for half his worth. They go to the market, they, 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 they make a shuma, how much he's worth, his value, and he pays it back half his value. So what is Bet Shabbai really saying? There's no case. You never have a case of Hatsi Hatsi, because every case of Hatsi Hatsi, Betin is going to force him to free him. Uh-huh. So therefore, every case of Hatsi Hatsi really is full free. Right, so he's Hayav. So he's Hayav. Right. Oh, what does the end of the Brayta say? When they heard that point, they retracted. They said, you're right. So therefore, everybody holds. That every Eved that's Hatsi, Eved, Hatsi, Ben Horin, is going to be Ben Horin. And why? Because of Tikkun Olam. So you can get married. So therefore, we go back. Ravina, when he said, Patur from Ri'iyah, because he originally held, he only heard the first statement of Betelel. The Betelel said, yeah, he works one day, and he takes off one day. That means he's a FF. So he's a Eved. Eved is Patur. But then when he found out that there was a retraction, so then he said, oh, I agree, Betelel retracts, are finished. And that's what the Hakol Hayavim Biryaz come to include. Bishi but the but really, indeed, he is going to be Hayat, because there's no case. It's a, it, it's, 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 a, it's a misconception. When you say Hatsi, Hatsi is, is Hayat, because he's not Hatsi, Hatsi. Because every Hatsi, Hatsi, end up have to be totally free. Mm-hmm. Good. Now, a couple of questions over here. Hmm. One question that Tosafot says, Why don't you say... Second Second Tosfot. Why don't you say, let him sell himself, his Hiruch side, let him sell himself as an Evid Evri, and now once he sells himself as an Evid Evri again, he's totally Evid, and now be able to marry a Shifha. 
Tosfot says no. The ager enon imkar be'eved evri. Every eved kenani is a ger. He's a convert. He converts before, and there's a cloud that a ger cannot be sold as an eved evri. They learn this from pesukim. So to sell himself into total avdut is not an option. Okay, good. So that's one question. Then Tosfot has other questions. Why don't you say let him marry his own species? Let him find a 50-50, a chetzi chetzi, meaning chetzi shifha, chetzi baturin, and uh, let him get married. So Tosfot says, because it doesn't work that easy. Because when they're going to get married, we'll say that the avdut side is with the hirut side, and the hirut side is with the avdut side. It doesn't work that each part goes with itself. And therefore, it's not going to work. So therefore, you cannot marry a hybrid. Because it's not gonna, it's not gonna work. So that type of kiddushin does not go either. Okay. In the next Tosfot, he has some options that really this half half would be permissible to marry a mamzeret. Should be halachically permissible to marry a mamzeret. But Tosfot says we're not gonna let him marry a mamzeret to be marbeh mamzerim in the world where he has other options. Which in this case over here he could do uh, something else. Now. The last part of the Tosafot is like this. We have a mitzvah aseh of Lashevet Yisara. To have children. Good? Now Tosafot just comments, why did the uh, Torah, why did the Gemara choose this Pasuk as opposed to Peru Urvu? And another Gemara, the Gemara does choose the Pasuk of Peru Urvu. Here it chooses the Pasuk of Lashevet Yisara because he says that's the strong obligation. The strong obligation is Lashemit Yitzara that you have to populate the world. That's why I chose that uh, case. But we have a rule that says Aseh So what's the reason why you're telling me this Hatsi Eved, Hatsi Ben Hunin cannot marry a uh, uh, a Shifha? Uh, because you tell me Lo Ye Kadesh. Lo Ye Kadesh is a lot Aseh. Lashemit Yitzara is an Aseh. Why don't I say the Aseh of Lashemit Yitzara will be the love of Lo Ye Kadesh? So Tosfot gives an answer and he says, I'm not going to tell you I to have a way out. Force the guy to free him and you don't have to be off at anything. Another answer, he says like this, When do we say When at the time that you're fulfilling the Aseh, you're pushing away the Lot Aseh. For example, Mila B'Tzara'at. Torah says you're not allowed to cut a Tzara'at. Of a, of, a, of a skin. Let's say a baby has a tzara'at on his milah. Can you cut it? He can't cut. Shaman minigana tzara'at. But it's mitzvah milah. Bayom is shimini yimol. In that case, we say aseh do chelot aseh. Why? Because at the time of the cutting, you're fulfilling the aseh and you're pushing away the lot aseh. That's the only time you say aseh do chelot aseh when it's simultaneous. Here it's not simultaneous. Why? Because when does the person get the Isur of Lo Kadesh at the moment of penetration. We call that He'ara. Once already the Atara penetrates, already he's Hayab Lo Kadesh. When does he fulfill Hashemit Yitzara? Only when he fully enters. That's what's been evident. So therefore it's not at the same time. And therefore it's not Aseh Duhelot Aseh. Because the Lot Aseh comes first and then it's only followed by the Aseh. That's the second answer of the Tosafot. Tosafot has one last question on this piece. And he says, hold it. We have a uh, law that says, Le'olam Bahem Ta'avodu. And what do we learn from over here? That it's Asur to free an Avid Kanani. Le'olam Bahem so the question is, how can we go against this lot aseh? She's a Torah telling you we're not allowed to free. Uh, so how could you go against? Actually, it's an aseh. That they have to work, but it's an aseh mechla lot aseh, which is really telling you that you're not allowed to free them. So what are we doing over here? So let's read that inside the Tosafot. Look at the Tosafot, Ibura Mathil. Actually, the second one. Actually, it's a 
ולא לעבד העבד יסורה רבה, בחידוש. We'd rather let the master commit a small sin to go against the Aser in, in order that the servant will not commit a great sin by not having children. Now this goes against a principle that we learned in Masech Shabbat that in Omrim lahavero heta kedeshi yizkei havero We don't tell a person that you should make a sin in order to save your friend. The Gemara over there talks about a case where a person went on Shabbat and he took bread before Shabbat, that's on purpose, and he stuck it in the oven. Right? Now you have a chance to go save him, because if he gets baked, he's going to be already sudoraita. So you have a chance now to save him. How are you going to save him? Pull the bread out. Pulling the bread out is only a sudra banan. So am I allowed on Shabbat now to go pull the bread out to save my friend? Gemara says no. What do you mean by, let me do a small sin in order to save my friend from a big sin. So you can't do that. Well, over here we're doing that. Over here you're telling the man, the, the, the owner, free him. What do you mean? So I say you can't free him. Doesn't matter. You make a small sin in order to make the guy, let the guy save him from a big sin of not having children. So Tosfot gives the simple chiluk. Um, that's only talking when it's bemezid. When a guy did something bemezid, like in the case of Shabbat, the guy put the bread on purpose, I'm not going to save him. But in this case over here, it's not his fault, he's a free victim. What, did he make himself Hatsi Ibn, Hatsi Ben Horim? One guy freed him, another guy didn't. So therefore, in this case he's a victim. In that case, the Swat says, we will say that the uh, master is able to uh, free him, even though he's being over in Asaf Le'olam Ba'im Ta'avodu, in order to uh, alleviate the situation, to give him a chance to have those are basically the points of the Tosfotim. Comes the Gemara and continues. Okay, we said in the Mishnah, we put them in one grouping, they are exempt from the Mizvah of Riyah. The Hiresh that we're talking about over here is similar to a Shotevikatan. Just like a Shotevikatan, they do not have. Sufficient intellect. Af Hiresh Delav Bar Deahu. So to the Hiresh that we're talking about over here is someone that does not have Dea. The Kamashmalan, Kidiknan. Hiresh the Biru Hachamim Bechol Nakom. The Hiresh that the rabbis always talk about in the Mishnayot. Sheeno Shomeya Veeno Medaber. That means he's a deaf mute. Because only a deaf mute is considered doesn't have Dea. I mean, he can't hear and he can't speak. That's the Hiresh. That should be noted that. Except for Megillah. That's what I was going to say. In the second Megillah, when it says Hiresh, obviously that Hiresh is talking about somebody who can speak, right. but he cannot hear. Because otherwise, what's the question? If he can't speak, what's the question? Is Hayav in Megillah? Now Hayav in Megillah. Of course he can't read the Megillah. But outside of that case, whenever it says Hiresh, it talks about Eno Shomeya, Ve'eno Medaber. So the Gemara says, Ha Medaber Ve'eno Shomeya. But if he can speak, but he cannot hear, Shomeya Ve'eno Medaber. Or he can hear, but he cannot speak. Now the case of speaking without hearing must be that originally he was able to speak before he went deaf. Deaf, he learned how to speak, and then he went deaf. That's how he was able to speak. Or he's a shomeya, but he just can't speak. Hayav. In those cases, he's hayav in the mitzvah of riyah. Tanina. We have a brayta lehad tanu rabbanan. Actually, we have a mishnah. That supports this blighter. Hamidaber ve'eno shomeya, person that is a midaber ve'eno shomeya. He's one out of two. He speaks, but he cannot hear. Zehu hairish shomeya ve'eno midaber. If he's a shomeya, but he just cannot speak, zehu ilim. That's called a mute. Zeva zeh harin kifikhin lechol devrehim. They're both considered intellect, they have wisdom, and therefore they have in the mitzvot. Only when you don't have both. Only when a person doesn't have both, then he's considered a shotev katan. But if he has one of the two, now the Gibran is supporting it. Gibran is proving it, you see you have a Mishnah that says that. The Mishnah clearly says, if he's a shomeya, but not a mitzvot, or he's a mitzvot, he's not a shomeya, he's a pikeyah. How do you know that somebody that's just deaf alone is called a Hiresh? And a Shomeya ve'eno medaber is a Ilim? And somebody that just can't speak is called an Ilim? So the Gibran is Dikhtiv. Pasuk et Ilim. Va'ani ke Hiresh 
לא אשמע, וכאילם לא יפתח פיו. זה פסוק, תמיד המלך says, I'm like a חירש that cannot hear, and like a אילם that cannot speak. Now, you might say, I can read this פסוק differently. I can read the פסוק like this. אני כחירש לא אשמע, וכאילם לא יפתח פיו also. Which means maybe the אילם is too. Maybe אילם is not only אינו סובעיה, but it's Adding on top and saying he cannot hear. That's why the Gemara brings the Ivayet Ema. The Ivayet Ema kedamre inche, like the people say. You know what Ilim stands for? Ishtakel milule. His speech was taken away from him. Ilim, ishtakel milule, and therefore that's why it's bringing the Ivayet Ema. Because from the pasuk you could argue that maybe the Ilim of the pasuk is both. אני כחרש לא אשמע, וכאילם לא יפתח פיו, מינים אוסו לא יפתח פיו. אילם זה ראשי תיבות, אשתקל מלונה, ספיצ'וס טייקן אוויי פרום. So let's review now the הלכות that come out of this for a second. הלכות that come out are that a חרש, that's a מדבר ואינו שומע. Or a אילם, which is a שומע ואינו מדבר, they are considered פיקחים. They are חייב ולא מצוות. Oh, so when our Mishnah said, "Hakol hayavim b'riya chutz mechiresh," what type of chiresh are we talking about? Mishenu shomeya, veenu medaber. He has the din of a shote and a katan. Comes the Gemara and says, "Oh, ve'atanya." Oh, actually, medaber veenu shomeya, shomeya veenu medaber hayav. We just said in the Brayta that if he's one out of the two, it's hayav. So the Gemara says, "What do you mean?" Ve'atanya. We have another Brayta that says. מדבר ואינו שומע, שומע ואינו מדבר, פטור. If he's one out of two, he's פטור from the מצווה of ראייה. נגב ימיים. סאמה רבינה ותימה רבה חסורי מחסרה ואחי קטני. Which means, you have to actually say that the משנה is missing some words. Our משנה. And therefore you have to read the משנה as follows. הכל חייבים בראייה. ובשמחה. Uh, new word, we just added a word mm-hmm. With Simcha There's an obligation on the holiday To bring Shalmeh Simcha This is the third Qurban we're talking about today We're talking about Olat Ve'iyah We're talking about Shalmeh Hagigah Not Shalmeh Simcha Which means this Qurban Hagigah, what did you do with that Qurban? You ate it on the holiday That was the meat that they ate on the holiday When it says in Simcha This the Basar was the Qurban Hagigah but let's say it's not enough. Let's say you need to supplement the Qurban Hagigah with more meat. So they would bring additional Qurbanot. Those were called Shalmeh Simcha. They would bring a special Qurban Shalamim, bring it to the Benta Magdas, some of the one on the Mizbah, and the rest they would take the meat home and eat it. So it says over here, Hakol Hayavim Bir'iyah Ub Simcha. Chutz Meheresh Amdaber Ve'eno Shomeya Shomeya Ve'eno Medaber Shepatur Minar'iyah which means, really, the Mishnah is coming along to say that a Hiresh, that is, Medaber ve'eno Shomeya, or Shomeya ve'eno Medaber, he really is Patur from the Iyah. Vafabish Patur mena Re'iyah, Hayav b'Simcha. So now already we're making differences. When we say a person is a Pikeyah, who's a Shomeya ve'eno Medaber, or Medaber ve'eno Shomeya, that's only in regarding to Simha. He's Hayab in the Shalmeh Simha. We'll see why. But when it comes to the Iyah, really, indeed he is Patur. So therefore, Shomeya ve'eno medaber and the medaber ve'eno is Patur from the Iyah. We'll have to see why. Ve'etsheheno lo Shomeya ve'lo medaber ve'shoteh ve'katan Patur af mena Simha. O'ilu peturim mikol mitzvot ha'amurot but if he's both, he's a Shomeya, he's put up everything. Ben Re'iyah, Ben Simcha. Tanya and Amehakim have a right to support this. Everybody's Hayav in these two mitzvot. Chutz mechiresh amdaber ve'eno Shomeya, Shomeya ve'eno medmeh shepeturim mena Re'iyah. Vafapish shepatur mena Re'iyah, Hayav besimcha. Ve'et she'eno lo Shomeya. ולא מדבר, ושוטה וקטן, פטורין אף מן השמחה, הועיל ופטורין מכל מצוות האמורות בתורה. End of peace, which means basically the Gemara is saying, to answer the question, the Sinah is like this. We had a statement that said what? That, they're pikeyah lechot of them. 
If they want out of the two, because means the chayav and the mitzvot. Rabbi Mishnah that says the patur. Make up your mind, the chayav or the patur. So he says, you know what? The Mishnah is missing a word. Throw in the simha factor. A cheresh, that's one out of the two, he's pikeah, he's hayat in simha. To bring the karbar of simha. However, in the iyah, even though normally we consider him a pikeah, even though the cheresh is hayat, idush is, he's going to be, but hagigah will say that's the first question, hagigah. He's just discussing now the simha. When it comes to the iyah, he'll be patu. Now the Gemara's next question is going to be, what's the difference? Why are you telling me for simha is hayab? If he's a big guy, he should be hayab and everything. If he's not a big guy, he should be patur and everything. Why? One thing is hayab and one thing is patur. But that's what the deen is. The deen is that if he's a hachyo evit, hachyo bin hurin, in simha hayab, in the iyah, patur. Now, if you look at the bottom tosfot, Tosfot does mention your point. It's including also the Hagiga, Tosfot says. So in Ekanami, it's Hayab in Subha and Hagiga, but not in Ri'iyah. Now, one last point on this uh, piece before we continue, before we conclude. One small little Tosfot to get the clarity on it. בבראשית רבה מפיק לה אינו מדבר ואינו שומע תוספות תיבונה מתלה מדבר ואינו שומע תוספות says in בראשית רבה it's a midrash how do we know אינו מדבר ואינו שומע it's called a חרש דכתיב because we have a פסוק מי שם פה לאדם או מי יסום אילם או חרש now what is Tosafot saying over here? There's a pasuk in the Torah that says as follows. When God was telling Moshe Rabbeinu, Moshe Rabbeinu was told to take the Jewish people out of Egypt. He said, I can't take them, I have a lisp. So Borei Olam says, what do you mean? Who gave a person the ability to speak? It's me. And therefore, I will, uh, I will help you. Now, the pasuk says like this. The full pasuk is like this. The pasuk talks about misam pele adam. It also says o pikeah o iver. Pikeah o iver is somebody that is able to see or iver. That's the that's blind. So you see, the pasuk is giving opposites. Pikeah iver. Over here, the pasuk says misam pele adam. Who gave the ability to speak? And what's the other side? That means Heresh must be the opposite of Peh. Oh. That must be that a Heresh cannot speak. And obviously we know Heresh is deaf. So that's the proof that a Heresh that cannot speak and cannot hear is called a Heresh. Uh-huh. And that's what the Sfot means when he says, Which means the opposite of Misampe is Right, which means somebody has a mouth. And then these two people don't have mouths. Now the Elim doesn't have a mouth. That's all he doesn't have. The Heresh, he also doesn't have ears, but he doesn't have a mouth. So therefore we see that the Heresh is from the Pasuk that Tosafot called. Amen, Amen.